I, I love the fact that, you know, from Florida to Valdosta and all over the world, people are being impacted. And, you know, uh, what I love about that, I mean, love, love, love about that is it has nothing to do with us. You know, it's right. not like we can go in your car and go, hey, don't forget to turn on your radio. Or on the internet in some other country, you know, it, it doesn't work that way. Right. That's all God just, you know, wrapping his arms around you and doing what he does for me every morning. You know, I, I turn the radio on first thing. It's just like, wow, we're just listening to Maverick City music there with Jubilee. Well, that's just like a hug or a, a kiss, you mm -hmm. know, it's just like sweet. Because, you know, for me, this, as I just mentioned, in, um, in Hebrew, Jubilee is Yovel. And that is what's every 50 years is a jubilee or yovel. And every seven years, a shemitah. So seven shemitahs make a yovel. It's like Hebrew math. <laughs> and, uh, and it's very similar to the seven weeks of counting onto the 50th day for Pentecost or the 50th year for jubilee. So this one of the first times teaching this is, is, is there some things that with the shemitah and the yovel that have maybe that we've not realized that there's more to Pentecost? Could it be there's more to Pentecost than we imagined? Who imagined the Holy Spirit pouring out on people, uh, flames of fire over them, violent wind, and new languages that they never <laughs> spoke before? Who would have thought that one up? Right. So we're going to just kind of break down some of the pieces of uh, what else is there to Pentecost that we don't know about. So let's look at the Shemitah first. Then we'll get to the Oval. So every seven years in Israel, it's Shemitah, the sabbatical year. As he's just to say, unless you just like saying Shemitah, 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 Shemitah. And then sabbatical, you know, throw that in there. Yeah. Sabbatical, sabbatical. That's harder to say. That's harder. It's yeah. the year of release. That's the easiest of all. The basic laws of Shemitah in the Bible give the land a Sabbath rest to Yehovah. The land needs rest. But it's not just a rest. It's a rest to Yehovah. Ceased from cultivating the land, meaning no planting, fertilizing, weeding, or pruning, and no harvesting or selling to make a profit. They must release all debt, relinquish ownership of anything that grows in the fields. Think about that if you're a farmer. So all produce becomes ownerless or free for the taking by anyone. That's just a, a radical idea. Now, Jews in Israel observe Shemitah <laughs> to some degree. After the time of Jesus, the Pharisees, you remember those guys who make up their own rules? <laughs> they were appointed by Herod. They replaced the Sadducees who'd been part of the true priestly line of Zadok. These false rabbis, and when we say Sadducees, it's really the Zadokis is the, the Hebrew term. It just turned into the Sadducees, but it's Zadokis. They're from the Davidic line, that priestly line that David appointed that had jobs that they do every week. And so they mm -hmm. were actually the ones that come down from Aaron. So the Sadducees were tossed out. Pharisees were put in. These false rabbis overruled the Torah's Shemitah laws. They really honestly believe the, there's all kind of crazy. And these are the Orthodox, the ones. The ones with the little things, the little Brady things. Mm -hmm. So they still believe this. The Pharisees, they believe that when Moses went up to get the Torah, he also got the oral law. And the oral law was so that the Gentiles would know all that God was doing. It was secret. So they followed the oral law is more important than the Torah or anything God says. So, and the only one that can interpret is them. So they can make up anything they want to. Convenient. <laughs> Tech of a deal these guys got. So... They literally will erase parts of verses and only take and make it mean the opposite thing. It's it's why Jesus was so frustrated with the Pharisees is 
how they how they think and and, and function. It's the most, um, gosh, legalistic, miserable life you could ever lead because it's without God, really. They, right. It's just the most religious thing. So <laughs> these rabbis overruled the Shemitah laws, the Torah. <laughs> we don't need that because farmers needed to, you know, it was bad times and they needed help. So it permits the farmers, now check this out, they can sell their land to non-Jews for like a dollar for the year so they continue to work the land as usual during Shemitah. I mean, come on. That's just like, that's tragic. But anyways, that's why I say they observe Shemitah to some degree. The key to understanding Shemitah is to not follow a Pharisee first, is to understand the weekly Sabbath because Shemitah is also referred to as a Sabbath to Yehovah. They work for six days, rest on the seventh. Likewise, they work the land for six years and rest on the seventh. The purpose of it is to remember that God is our creator. Shemitah reminds us that God is the creator and owner of everything. The weekly Sabbath helps us rest. It's tonight. Let's focus on God, our families. You grow in faith. The seven-year Shemitah does that even more, especially faith. Because, I mean, think about this. God addressed the obvious question. If we don't work the land, what will we eat? God, mm. they didn't have to ask it. He just told them. God promised that those who trust him and observe the laws of Shemitah will have an extreme abundance so that what grows in the sixth year will be enough not just for the seventh, but for the eighth and until the ninth year when the new crops come in. I mean, wow. Yeah. He had them way ahead of time. That's how God wants to bless you. And so we talk about Pentecost. Yeah, you can't anticipate how you're going to need the Holy Spirit. I was, as I was praying in tongues this morning, I was just realizing just, you know, how much life. There's some things that you just don't have in you. Right. But you have Christ. You have the Holy Spirit, and, and he can do the work for you. That's the same thing. We're just a field. So Shemitah is a great equalizer for our hearts and our judgment. Shemitah laws lift up the poor while both humbling and blessing those who've been blessed with more. Mm. I mean, which would you rather be? You'd like to have the more, right? right? So during the seventh year, let the land lie unplowed and unused. Then the poor among your people may get food from it. So the land cannot be worked, which relieves the landowner from feelings of ownership and releases him from the pitfall in Deuteronomy 8, which says, you may say to yourself, my power and my and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. I mean, that is a trap. In the year of Shemitah, anything that grows is God's doing, not ours. While we may be entrusted with God's abundance, ultimately, everything belongs to him, and it's our duty to share what we're given. Mm. Second part of the verse says that the poor are permitted to eat whatever grows in the land of Israel for the entire year, and it's good to, to remind you this isn't for everywhere. This is just the land of Israel. This is much better than handouts to the hungry, much, much better. Since the landowner hasn't done anything to produce the food growing on the land, the poor person can collect it with dignity knowing that he's been fed straight from the hand of God. I mean, that's the way to do it. And it says, at the end of every seven years, you must cancel debts. They shall not require payment from anyone among their own people because Jehovah's time for canceling debts has been proclaimed. Hmm. So the poor get a second chance, and the creditor learns that it was never his money to begin with. He's used by God to express grace. Yeah. Now, I just want to say, those are all tough concepts. <laughs> But leave, leave it to the Jews. Israelis grow 90% of the fruits and vegetables that they eat. So how can they let the land in Israel rest, but still provide fresh fruits and vegetables? So today, how do they do that? They grow them above the ground without any dirt using hydroponics.
<laughs> I love these people. I mean, it is giving the land a break. I mean, <laughs> they're still not very good at following rules. Right, right. <laughs> I just appreciate the ingenuity. The word shmita literally means release, but it can also mean shaking, fall, or collapse. Hmm. So do you understand, with every blessing of God, there's also this thing attached that says, if you don't do it my way, this is what happens to you. You know, it's hard to imagine, but the Great Depression back in 29 began in a Shemitah year. The crash of 37, 38, Shemitah year. In the past, when Israel did not give the land its required year of rest every seven years, God exiled the people so that the land could have its right. He even said that. You didn't let the land rest? I'm going to let it rest. For the exact period of all those years it missed. And so he put him into uh, exile for 70 years. Wow. Ten times. Uh, the destruction in Jerusalem and the exile of the people in Israel to Babylon happened in a Shemitah year, 586 mm. B.C. So, coincidence? Uh, maybe. So, how do you, what do you do during Shemitah? Well, you give yourself a break. You take some time off to rest, reevaluate your life. You give more than in other years. You set aside a time every week to study. You meditate on God's Word. You pray powerfully, hard or deeper and with more faith. And you explore God's creation. Because remember, God's providing everything, right? So, you cultivate gratitude for the land and the creator of all land. That's how Shemitah works. We'll dig into the Yovel Jubilee next and we'll see how... They uh, both clarify Pentecost. I hope you can see already there's some neat Pentecost links in there that maybe you hadn't seen before. That's, that's how I felt.